Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Samp and Chance. I'm your host, Bobby Sampson. Joined with me, as always, is the man with the plan, the master plan, Mr. Chance Michaels. Chance, how are you on this 33? Well, I'm in Vancouver. It's 33 degrees in the shade. Well, how about you? Oh, it's 35 out here. It's hot, man. Yeah, Valley's always a little bit harder, right? Yeah, but it's going to drop down to 26, 27 tomorrow, so not too bad. Nah, it is what it is, man. It's all good. I mean, that's... Better than the cold. Well, I mean, you know what? We live in a world where everyone's going to complain it's too hot now. Yeah. And as soon as it starts getting cold, I wish it was hot. That's very true. Yeah, we're never satisfied. It's always something. Uh, Yeah, it's always something, eh? But hey, here's something. Uh, Tiafimo made his comeback. The comeback times two, as I like to call it now. Um, Or the takeover times two. I don't know. Which one do you want to call it? You can go with either one. They just destroyed him. It wasn't even a fight. Um, you know, it wasn't. I mean, let's look at the stats here. So total punches thrown, 321 for Tiafimo, 136 of those landed. Uh, what's his face? Uh, who did he fight again, man? I'm so Pedro bad. Pedro Campa. Campa, thank you. Campa threw 443, or 448 punches. Uh, only 83 of them landed. Cool. Yeah, That's yeah. Low. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Uh, jabs, you know, he Tiafimo worked worked a lot behind his jab. Uh, you know, power punches, you know, were about eighty six. He threw about one hundred and eighty four power, one hundred and sixty four power punches. Um, I don't know. I mean, he did look sharp. I'll be honest, mm-hmm. but I don't think the competition was there for him to have to be sharp. Well, that's the thing. He's fighting the journeyman at best. Yeah, it's no. too enough fight to, to catapult him in the 140 division, which it worked. It did what it was supposed to. Yeah. Now, this is the first time probably he came into the fight, the smaller man, too. I mean, at 135, he was always the bigger guy, right? So, That's I mean, true. It's kind of a new thing for him as well to kind of come into a junior welterweight 140 as the smaller guy. Um, maybe there was a bit of ring rust on him. Yeah, he dominated him. And, you know, like like you said, the seventh round. And, you know, it was kind of right there. Then I don't know about that stoppage, Joe. I'll be honest. I, I thought, thought maybe... it was a little bit early. I thought he could have kept going. Yeah, I mean, the look on, on Kappa's face as well is like, what are you doing? Like, you know, it I know. just kind of, I think he stopped it way too soon. Um, yeah, I didn't like that. That's stoppage. just my opinion. But then again, we're not in the ring. We don't know what the referee's seeing, right? I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, you want it, your, your main goal is to protect the fighter. That's true. But it looked it, a little early, though. It did look early. I mean, I, I, there's no doubting it. And I almost feel the referee realized after the fact that he might have made a mistake as well. Yeah, I mean, Compo was going to lose the fight. No doubts about it. But, I mean, he's a little preemptive on the ref's part. Yeah, a little preemptive. Um, where does Tio go from here? I don't know. Now he's saying he wants to rematch Cambosis. I don't know. He's going to have to go back to 135. He, I don't think he'll don't do know. that. That's what he said. He, he said he wants the belts in 142. I don't know. He wants to kind of do it all, I guess. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, from from his press conferences and the in-ring, he was calling out Josh Taylor. He was calling out, you know, everyone but Kambosis, right? I mean... They said it after the press conference that he would like to rematch with him. I don't see the logic in that. I don't see the point in it. I think Kambosis is kind of who Kambosis is. I mean, he got lucky that one night. I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. You know, know, Theo Theo is a much better fighter than he came came out that night. Um, unbeknownst to him, he was dealing with that health issue at the time that he fought as well. Yeah. So, I mean, all of these things kind of, you know, play a role in it. Kambosis was on a mission too. I mean, the amount of shit talk between Tio and his dad, obviously you're going to come out, you know, with, with that extra 
Yeah, they underestimated George. They thought George was like confident he just fought. It would just be an easy day at the, at the office. No, but I mean, you can't take anything away from a guy who outboxes Lomachenko. That's a very good right? point. Now, I mean, at the same time, was Lomo having a bad day that day? Could be. Could be, or he could just be his kryptonite. I think 135 is just kind of a weird division because, I mean, until someone actually defends the titles now, you know, I mean, it's like Haney, right now Haney's champion. He's going to go up against him in October again. Uh, that's going to be held in Melbourne at the uh, Rob Laver Stadium, uh, the tennis place where, where they play the Australian Open mm-hmm. in October. So that that's going to be, you know, a rematch, unnecessary rematch, in my opinion. I think, I don't think Cambosos did anything in that fight to kind of justify a rematch. No, just because it's in the clause. That's the only reason he's getting that's, it. I'm not I, getting hurt yeah, I hate that clause. I really do. I think if you lose, you lose. That's not necessarily you go back to the line, but you need to have at least one or two fights under your belt to get back to that title shot. I mean, it's just a champion protecting himself in case he loses. But I hear what you're saying. I don't like it either. Yeah, I, I, I've never boxed professionally or amateurly. I've trained in boxing, so you know, I, I know a little bit about technique and the skill set of it. But the reality of it is, man, if you're a champion, you, you should have that mentality. This is my thought. You should have that mentality that I don't need a rematch clause because I'm going to win. Yeah, you, some you, guys do that, but it's rare. You know, right? It's like you put self-doubt in your mind before you even start. Like, that, for me, it just doesn't work. If you're a champion, you're the champion, man. You, you go in there, you're the top of the mountain, you're the king of the food chain. You know, you, you basically defend those titles. You have faith in yourself. You got there. It's the promoters too. They say you got to protect yourself. This is a money business, prize fighting. So it's all that too. The managers and everybody but encouraging all, that. They all want that extra payday too. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And a lot of the times when a guy loses his title, he basically loses everything there. Like, I mean, all, all the fame, the glory, all of it, you know, the, the quality of your fights diminish yep. radically. As a champion, you're making X amount of dollars and all of a sudden you're kind of brought down but here's an interesting point if you're a unified champion if you own all four titles i mean are you still making more or are you making less because everyone's cut is bigger now every promotion that wba is going to take a cut ibaf is going to take a cut ibo is going to take a cut wbo is going to take a cut then you you're fighting i guess and we, how if you had more of the higher race side than the guy you're fighting you get more well, like mayweather would be like i get 70 percent, you get 30 percent. if you don't like it i won't fight you Sometimes no. that 30% is better than that 80% you'd get fighting an average guy. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about the guy who wins all the titles. For example, mm-hmm. right now you got, you know, uh, Usyk has got four, three of the titles, correct? Yeah. And the ring title is on the line now. So, I mean, that's the one title that they've taken away from um, Type Fury. Yeah. Right? So that belt will also be on the line here tonight or, or on Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. Um, my question to you was just like, is it worth being a unified or undisputed champion, considering that every body organization, organizational body is going to take a cut of your winnings? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess it all depends how much they can negotiate for you. I don't know if it's a negotiate. I don't know. I think they're pretty set. I'm pretty sure of that. I could be wrong. It depends how much they think you can sell tickets and pay-per-views you get more, right? All depends yeah. how much you think you can draw, what yeah. they're going to agree to pay you. Well, I'm thinking these guys must have a lot of, you know, side things that they're getting paid for as well. For like example, a guy like Mayweather, he can get a hundred million a fight because he's going to sell out the arena. He's going to sell a lot of pay-per-views. So they can 
Mayweather gets paid that whether the Patriots meet that number or the game meets the number. Either way, he's paid that. Certain yeah. guys like Pacquiao and Canelo, they get that no matter what. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It all depends who's in there. But I'm thinking the organizations are fixed rates, like it's five. Yeah, they take a certain. Yeah, they take a certain cut. That sucks. I don't. Yeah. I don't see why but they need making, to take a you cut. Know, 60, 70 million a fight, so I don't. It doesn't really hurt them much. But the younger guys, the guys who are up and coming, who win a championship for the first time, they're excited. They, I'm a world champion, and all of a sudden they look at their paycheck and they're like, "I made just as much as I did when I first started." No, I hear what you're saying. I think that's just a disparity in combat sports in general, my friend. Uh, you know, that's another show entirely. And always, um, all the all the athletes always say they deserve more. They deserve more. They deserve more. Eventually, it's got to be a cap. Well, I mean, boxers tend to make more in general, but even at the lowest end, it feels like sometimes the boxers aren't making their work. Some of these guys in undercards make like six, seven thousand dollars a fight. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But that's their way. They got to earn that spot and work their way up. Oh, to I get it. Mayweather level, right? I get it. They're paying your due. There's only maybe a handful of boxers in the world who get that kind of you yeah, know, that pay, pay money. Right? There's not all of them. So I'm thinking no. like a lot of these guys are getting paid on the side. Like, you know, in terms of endorsements and everything else, they're yeah, really, they rely that. heavily on those, eh? Um, no, no, 100%. And speaking of big endorsements and big fights, we have Joshua versus Usyk Part 2 coming up this Saturday. What are they calling it? The Rage on the Red Sea? Um, I don't know, man. This is a weird one. As, as we're getting closer and closer now, I, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm kind of second guessing who I think is going to win and and what have you here. It's just kind of like it's a tough one. This stuff, is a... I've read some stuff about some of the guys in Joshua's camp, and they're saying after he fought Klitschko and Klitschko knocked him down, he knocked down Klitschko and ended up winning the fight. He said he doesn't want to fight like that anymore. He doesn't want to get hurt. He didn't like that fight. He was never the same since that. He lost to Ruiz. Now he's lost to Usyk. So I don't know if he has that extra gear. Like he, if you watch him fight Usyk, he didn't seem like he wasn't aggressive at all. Well, here, so here, I don't think he's got that extra gear to, to beat Usyk. I think Usyk's going to beat him again in a decision. Well, I, 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 I was think, leaning the other way towards Josh when I was hearing all this stuff, and I was like, I don't know. Well, here's the thing: I heard the same things you've heard, right? I mean, here's here's how I'm looking at this fight, really simply. Usyk is a technician. He's not the fastest. He's mm -hmm. not the biggest. He's not the strongest. No, but he is a pure technician. The man knows how to box. Two-time gold, two-time gold medalist at the Olympics, uh, undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world. He's basically one title away from becoming undisputed, the first person in this belt era to have all four belts in two separate weight divisions. Yeah. Right? I mean, the guy's definitely a Hall of Famer. Um, I think the pressures are different for both guys. Here you got Joshua. If if he, this is his make-or-break fight. You know, and I think the same could be said for Deontay Wilder. His make and break fight was that second fight against, Fury. against Fury, right? He'll never have that same notoriety again until he works at it and builds it up again, and maybe he can get back to that level. He's fighting in October here. Yeah, he is fighting in October. Nice little tune-up fight. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on that as, as we get closer to it. But Josh right here, in my opinion, I think that you're right. You know, like before he fought Klitschko, every, fought, every fight he had, he came out like a fucking lion man the power oh yeah and you know he was he was just devastating and that's what everyone got to know about anthony joshua he finally faced someone in a klitschko granted he was older and i think klitschko would have probably kicked his ass if he was younger he would have 
younger, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If he was younger, he would have destroyed him. But I mean, yeah. a lot of credit to to Joshua for for you know not having too much of an amateur background, starting boxing late. Everything that he's accomplished, you can't take that away from the guy. He's, no, he's, he's a good he's, guy too. But you're right. After he got knocked down, he came back and he did knock him out, but he never fought the same again. He never fought behind his power. And I think no. a lot of that had to do with his training camp as well, uh, with, with his trainer, Rob yeah. McCracken, as well. Like, I mean, these guys have been together for way too long, so many years, so to the point where they became friends. You know, very yeah, he's got Robert friends. Garcia for this fight. He's so got Robert actually, Garcia and Angel Fernandez were working together on this. Fernandez was with him in his last fight against Ruiz, and he stayed with him there. Now, I'll call the Ruiz fight a bad day at the office. Right, fair enough. That, that was a bad day at the office, as far as I'm concerned. This Klitschko, or sorry, the Usyk fight, in my opinion, I still think, and I still maintain, watching it again and again. I've watched it a few times over now. I think that he basically was winning round four to nine. Joshua. Joshua, yeah, yeah, it was you know, a close fight. It was close. I mean, but the problem was his corner was not communicating with him. McCracken couldn't tell him what he needed to hear. Yeah, they weren't making the adjustments properly. They didn't make any adjustments. And the way he came out, he tried to be technical with a guy that's way too technical for you. You can't fight that way. You got three inches on him. He's 6'3". Joshua's 6'6". Yeah, right? use your size. Use your weight. Use your size and your weight. And that's what's going to help him here. So the question remains now, if Joshua can pull this off, it's not going to be a decision victory. He has to knock him out or it has to be a TKO, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, I don't think Usyk has the power to knock out Joshua, but there is talk and rumor and pictures are out there saying that Usyk has gained 15, close to 30 pounds. Yeah, he's in the press conference. He's a little bulky, man. He's he looks a little strange, bulky. Though. Yeah, but he's, you know, he's representing the Ukraine. And that's another part. Nice segue there, right? Um, here we got a guy. Two different levels of pressure. You yeah. got a guy whose whole career is on the line. On the other hand, you got a guy who's going to go to the Hall of Fame regardless yeah, for everything will. he's accomplished, right? So there's really nothing there for him to lose. Now, we got a guy who had to go to war, though. And he sat on the front line. And I know he's had to have fired off his, his weapon. So, Most likely he did, yeah. Right? And I'm pretty sure, you know, and, you know, it's a bit of a morbid thought, but I'm sure his, his weapon has found his target a couple times. Very possible. It's very possible. So, I'm not so, sure what he actually was doing, but... Right, could. so I, I'm just guessing. It's all speculation here. So when you are now... You win the world titles, now you're fighting a war. You're firing off guns against your your opposition in a different way. you probably got some bodies attached to you now. Did, does that mentality change you? Yeah, he definitely has a different mentality going into the fight. I'm not sure if it's going to help him or hurt him. Right? Like, sure are fired. you more vicious? But see, he's fighting for his country, which I think is a lot more pressure than per se in general. Like, considering what's going on over there and whatnot, I mean, it just seems like a lot more pressure on Usyk. Um, he looks calm. He looks cool. He looks collective in the press conference yesterday. He looked great. He looks strange, though. Out. He's got a strange look to me now. I, I mean, the hair and the mustache, I don't know, man. He's just. I've seen that. I was like, I know he's trying to look different. I get it, but there's something strange about that to me. Well, he's always had the mustache, the hand of no, Hulk Hogan, but the hair is different. He was yeah. bald before, and now he's growing this kind of one string hair. I don't know what you call a it. String of hair. I don't know. I call it the. It's kind of like a Harry Krishna look. You know how they shave their head, but have that little ponytail in the back. Yeah. But he's kind of got it at the top of his head. 
and it's just kind of sitting there. I don't know. Maybe it's just to distract him. Maybe something Definitely for Josh Watt to look at. Distract. Everybody looks at that like, holy shit. What do you say to that? Well, you can't really say much to the guy, man. I mean, for everything, right? But, I mean, again, style is style. I mean, who's to say that's not what the number one style in the Ukraine is right now? Could be. Who knows, right? What's your I mean, feeling here? What's your predictions here? What's going to happen? I, again, I'm I'm, I'm kind of torn on this because I don't know. I mean, okay, right from the get-go, Joshua's got to come out firing. Yeah. I don't think he has to come out aggressively firing, but he needs to stand behind his jab and he needs to stand behind his power. He needs right? to fight completely different than last time where he will get worked again. He will. And I feel Usyk putting on the weight is to be able to take more of that because I think he even anticipates a bit more of an aggressive Joshua. A Joshua so. Volt has to come out of this one, right? I mean, this is way different when he fought Ruiz the second time. I mean, that was an easy fight considering yeah. the guy he was fighting came in super fat and didn't give a shit. Yeah, that was terrible. Right? You know, so from, from that perspective, he's not going to have the same opportunities given to him that he did the first fight. Joshua needs to knock him out or or really beat on him if he's going to win it by decision. Um, he's got to stop being afraid. And let's see what Garcia and Angel have done with him now. You know, I think that's it. Prediction-wise, I don't know, man. I'm really having a hard time. I can tell you that if Usyk wins, it's going to be by decision. If Joshua wins, it's going to be by TKO or or, or KO in the eighth or ninth round. Which one are you going with? I can't. Position. I can't. That's the problem. You know what? Fine. I'll, I'll do it. Uh, Joshua, KO, TKO, or KO, eighth or ninth round. Okay, I'm going to take Usyk by decision. Okay. Fair enough, man. I mean, but just so Split you know. Decision. Just so you know, I also feel the same way, but you put me on the spot here and maybe make a call on this decision here. Um, it's going to be a real fun fight. I, I think it's going to be really cool. Adrian Broner, your your uh, your Brock Bonner, he, he pulled out. Is he ever going to fight again? I don't know, man. He probably shouldn't. It's been a long time since he's been how long since he fought a couple of years already. It's already been a couple of years. He's all lined up, everyone's excited. A nice little nightcap to the Joshua fight, you know, something to follow up with in the evening. Um, but now that's kind of gone by the wayside. Maybe he'll take a few months off and come back. I don't know. But, I mean, his career is definitely the twilight zone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he, he's a strange cat. Yeah, no, definitely, man. Definitely, definitely. What else you got, man? Anything you want to talk about here? We're, we're less than one month away from Triple G and Canelo. I'm getting excited for that. I've been watching our Triple G's workout videos. He's working out hard. He's putting on a little bit of muscle. So I'm excited for that. That's coming along, eh? I mean, Canelo's been kind of quiet. Yeah, Canelo's not saying much. He said he's like, a, what did he say the other day? He's like a wild animal, a wounded animal. Coming because he loss, lost? People say that Triple G beat me already, so I, I'm going to finish him. What do you think? Do you think he will? No. They've already fought 24 rounds. Nobody's went down yet. I don't see any different this time. I hope, you know, Triple G, I think he's going to win by decision. But, I mean, you just never know what they're. I'm I I'm gonna maintain this, and I said this when we talked about it from the very beginning. My only concern for Triple G would be those body shots. Yeah, but he, I, yeah, I hear you. But he went twenty-four rounds already, and they didn't get him put down with it. They already knew that before. I don't think really much different this time. They know each other so well. It's like a chess match here. They spend a lot of time in the ring together, over an hour together. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I mean, no. it's boxing. Anything could happen. I mean, Canelo could give him a body shot and he could drop. You just never know. I wonder what would happen if Canelo lost again, though, eh? Would that like have to probably... have a fourth fight? If Triple G wins, we're gonna have a fourth fight. You think so? Maybe not right away, but eventually. 
but at what point though? I mean, Canelo seems to kind of make the call on everything, right? I mean, it'd have to be sooner than not. It couldn't be another two, three years. No, no, Triple E's too old and he's 40. Well, that's what I'm saying. Year. That's what I'm saying. It'd have to happen within it'd have to be the next fight. Yeah. But so the I'm excited for that 29 days away. It's getting close. Yes, yes, yes. And we the also fight of the year. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good fights. I mean, we're, we're I'm under the impression now that we're looking at November 12th or 19th for Spence and um, Crawford. They better announce it soon, man. It's only a few months away. They got to start. Uh, no, they can they can hype it up. I mean, I think I think just all this talk itself is hype. Uh, they can announce a fight a month before, and it'll still sell out, man. I I don't think. Well, the arena will sell out, but I don't know about the pay per views. Oh, yeah. I think it will, man. I don't think hype is a problem for this one. I I this is kind of like you know. I would call it the equivalent. I would call it the equivalent of kind of like a Hearn versus Leonard, or you know, any of the four kings fighting. Maybe skill wise, but these guys aren't—they're not—they're not big on the radar of people, though. That's the thing. Like skill wise, yes, they're not really well well known names. But the boxing fans of them, but the average Joe, I don't even know who they are. You know, they I think fight. I, I think a lot of the casual fans are picking up on this. I really I do. So. I really do. I think this is one of those kind of fights that have been talked about long enough that even casual fans would know about it i mean at the end of the day you know like i I get it we talk a lot about the casual fan man but i I really feel like our sport the sports that we cover the sports that we talk about you know i give an example when i mean casual fan the last fight that i that i watched were the casual fans everybody messaged me like hey you're watching this fight was Pocky and Mayweather, like Riptide came by Jesus was there for example and like he never watches boxing but he knows i gotta see this fight and Francis and all these guys want to watch this fight because it was so big and these guys are larger life characters. That won't happen with Spence and Crawford because they're just not on that level of stardom. Maybe no, after no, this I fight, get it. I get it. I get it. I, mean. I get it. But I mean, you know, th- those are mainstream fights, right? Mm-hmm. And those guys have gone mainstream. Not every athlete is mainstream. So I mean, at the end of the day, you can even look at hockey or football or whatever, right? I mean, yeah, the casual fan comes up for the Super Bowl. Yeah. They don't come up for anything else. They don't give yeah. a shit otherwise all year round. That was a Super Bowl fight, yeah. right? You know, I mean, even the women come out because of the halftime show. That's the only reason they come out. I mean, at the end of the True. day, at, at a Super Bowl party, there's only probably three guys who actually know what they're watching. It's <laughs> a good point, yeah. Right? The rest of them are all kind of like, oh, oh, wow, nice nice home run. Or, or, yeah. <laughs> or something. No, I, like I, I hope the fight sells well. I yeah, it no, good. it's going to sell well. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, at the end of the day, I like to think that what we do is not for the casual fan. It's for the fan. No, no, right. we're doing it for the fan. I'm just saying it, it's right. just nice when the casual fan gets excited. Too. No, I get it. I get it. But those events only happen ever so often, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the next one that's going to happen like this, I don't know if Triple... See, this is the thing. Canelo Triple G, outside of the Mexican the Mexican and, and the Latin community, that that's it. I don't think there's any really casual fans that are interested in Canelo Triple G. No, not too much. I mean, no. if, well, five years ago, the first one it was, but yeah, it's kind of lost a little bit of its luster. Right. You know, that's probably not it. I mean, like, what would be the next big casual fan match? If you see Fury Joshua, maybe two heavyweights. But see, see, that's not, I wouldn't even call that a casual fan match. I mean, because cool. the British, this would be a bigger fight in the UK than it would be in North America. Yeah. Well, Fury's such a larger life character. He's pretty well known. He's pretty oh, mainstream. I get it. I get it. He's gone mainstream, but he's not mainstream. He's still not mainstream in North America, in my opinion. He has a following, but he's not that name. Well, who do you reason... think is then? Canelo? Where? In North America? Yeah. Right now, I don't think there's anybody, maybe, I don't think there's anyone that has that mainstream pull that uh, Floyd did or Deontay Wilder did. 
to be fair. Canelo's just, pretty close. Canelo's, yeah, but he's got the Latin community behind him. Yeah. Right? That That's where he, he shines, right? He has that, you know, the, the, the transplanted Latinos and Mexicans or whoever, you know, the whole Latin community. Yeah. Is, you know, he has that, and that's where you're going to get those kind of majority of his fan base. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. He's not like a Floyd or a Pocky would have all communities wanting like like him and watch him. Yeah, like I think I know what you mean. Floyd, Floyd is mainstream. Yeah, love him or hate him, you watch right? him. He's Tyson, like Brock Lesnar, you watch Ta- him fight. Tyson is mainstream. Mm-hmm. Right? If Tyson decides tomorrow, hey, I'm going to come back, yeah, everybody's going to fucking tune in. Brock Lesnar's like that. If he fought in the UFC, everybody watches. Brock Lesnar would come back, he'd be like that again. Right? That's yeah. the thing. There's only a handful of people in the world, not just North America, that, that can pull those kind of numbers. Yeah, now, that being said, I think the Bex, the next mainstream casual fan fight that's going to make tons of money is the Mayweather and uh, McGregor fight, part two. Yeah, that, that'll, yeah, that'll be huge. If it happens, but, yeah. I'm hearing it's going to happen. That's the talk right now. At first, initially, it was supposed to be him and Pacquiao. Which, Mayweather or, or No, McGregor? no, Pacquiao and McGregor. Yeah, that would have been good. We've right? already seen Mayweather and McGregor. We already know what happened. Mayweather wins. Mayweather wins, but I guess there's a lot of money to be made again. And, you know, if he's coming back... And they had a great press conference. They were on smack talking to the so good. And well, that's the kids. thing. That's the thing, right? Yeah. I mean, when, when you look at... Like, okay, for example, if Joshua wins, and I'm sure, you know, as, as much as people respect what Usyk has done and everything, I'm sure majority of the people who control the funds, the money, the networks, you name it, be it BT Sports, Sky Box Office, The Zone, because those are the guys that are going to be in that in that role and you know oh, yeah. fight for it. Showtime's out of it. Maybe sorry, ESPN would be involved, right? Um, but that Joshua Fury fight would probably become the biggest fight in British history. It'll be one of the biggest fights in North America too. For and that and that would be the mainstream fight. The closest thing we'd get to a mainstream fight here in North America, even. In well, Britain, Wilder and Fury are pretty mainstream. They fought here in America every time. It was pretty big. They did, but I mean, that was done by design to get his name out here. It worked. Right? It worked only for the fact, though, because a lot of his fans travel so well. See, that's the thing about the Europeans, man. The Irish, the British, they travel. They will go. Right? And, and I'm if pretty you sure about... the Fury Wilder 3 was, I think it was like the Six or seven highest boxing uh, heavyweight fight of all time, like pay per view buys. So it did well. Yeah, yeah, no, it did really, really well. I mean, it, it's kind of hard over in Europe just because of the time difference and whatnot. I mean, this thing's coming on at three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah, but I mean, tough. you know, it is kind of tough for them. We're lucky in the sense that when we're watching a fight from the UK or or Germany, per se, for example. You know, it's pretty much lunchtime for us. We're lucky we can get away with it, right? At eight o'clock. Even if you don't want to watch the undercard or whatnot, you could have you could go do all your stuff during the day, come home by two thirty and watch the fight. That's the one thing where UFC absolutely crushes boxing. Most boxing main events are great, but the undercards aren't very good. USC, the whole card's good. That's a problem. Well, right now they, they are able to do that. You know? Uh UFC's always done it that way. So I mean, if you set the model that way from the very get-go, it's really hard to break that 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 that, that flow. 
right? So, I mean, from that perspective, that's where UFC is winning because in their infancy, they set the foundation for yeah, smart. making the smart card, right? Boxing is just too diluted, man. Unfortunately, I mean, yeah, we talked the main about this before. Care, once in a while, you get a co-main event, but not often. Well, I mean, the Xander, um, the, the co-main event from the Tiafimo fight, that was a good fight. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that one. A good classic Puerto Rico versus Mexico fight, right? But they got to put on guys on the card of people know who they are, right? And you might turn on to see a great fight, but half time you know who the hell these guys are. That's the problem with boxing. You get the one good fight and you hope the other ones are good. But if not, oh, well, here's the main event. But bro, brother, man, this is a, seems to be our running argument that you and I have. Not an argument, but 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 debate that no, we I know, but this is why UFC is more popular than boxing because of this, though. Right, but but if you look at a UFC card in general, okay, like look at a fight night outside of the main event. How many, unless you're a fan, how many of the guys did you know? Yeah, but you're gonna know at least two or three of the fights in boxing. You know one. The rest of the guys in and everyone who this guy is for most people. That's the thing. Well, I... and that's why you. That's why if you go to most bars. In our in Vancouver, you'll see every UFC pay per view. Most boxing ones they don't have, unless it's like a Fury or a Canelo, you won't be able to get the boxing pay per views on there. And that's why, because nobody's touching the undercards anymore. To put on a boxing pay per view at a bar is thousands of dollars. They're not going to buy it. They're not sitting there all day drinking and eating. That's the problem with boxing. I think the problem with boxing is that I also think it has to do a lot with promoters and it has to do a lot with people being afraid to make the fights that need to be made. Yeah, because they're afraid. I, I think it's because the promoter feels that, like, okay, for example, you got um, you got Wilder coming back, right? Yeah. But he's fighting a guy I've never heard of. Have you? Not many have. There you go, right? Like, I've heard of him. I've seen him. But I mean, as as a fan, fan, you know, even if you're not in bed with boxing and wrestling as much as we are, per se, where we know who who most of these guys are, regardless of mm-hmm. where their stature is or where they stand on the roster or where they stand in the standings, um, you know, it's just kind of like even some names will catch us off guard, like who. It's a tune-up fight, but see, that's what boxing does, right? I mean, you know, it's just, it's, it's, that's the problem. I mean, there's so many fights. I mean, the Spence, the Spence Crawford fight should not be hard, be this hard to make. No. But the fear is if this guy loses, he's going to lose all his steam. If that guy loses, he's going to lose all his steam, right? Not People forget, I mean, Crawford's like 34 years old, so he's on the back end of his prime. It's got to go down now. It's going to be too late. My, he's got another three, four years in him if he wants. Yeah, but at his peak, he's already 34. Like, you want to see it younger than older, right? No, I get it. I get it. I know what you're saying. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like right now, okay, so the way the heavyweights shape up here, if Joshua wins and him and Tyson do decide to go, finally, that's going to be the massive fight. Yeah. If Usyk wins, I don't think – I still think it's going to be a big fight, but I don't think it's going to be as big as you would think it was going to be against Fury. So in the well, meantime, if you're fighting Fury, Fury always, Fury's just so entertaining, right? Like Fury's get, entertaining, but I mean, you got a guy like Usyk who's uh, Usyk who doesn't really have that much personality per se. In no, my he's opinion, right? He's a boring guy. So I mean, you're gonna have one guy who sells the fight. If Joshua loses, you'll see Joshua Wilder. That has to be the next fight. That'll be good, right? Winner of that will become number one contender. Yeah. Right. Who knows? After after Joshua gets rid of Wilder, he might not want to fight again. Wilder hits hard, man. Yeah, well, I mean, he's already been knocked down by Ruiz and whatnot. So, I mean, at the end of the day, he's going to have to face him eventually, right? Sooner yeah. or later. Or, you know what? And I'm not even surprised by it. They may never face each other. 
that's possible too. You never know. You never know the world of boxing. When all these fights were supposed to happen, they never happened. I mean, the only reason Fury got in there is because the fact that Joshua wouldn't accept the fight. Yep. So this unification fight's been around for the last fucking five years, man. I know. They waste so much time. They've wasted so much time. And I mean, Fury was the only one who stood up. And you know what? I will agree with Deontay Wilder on one thing that he did say during that time. You know, without him, Tyson Fury wouldn't be who he is today. Absolutely. When, right? I mean, when 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 he asked Fury for the fight, do you want to fight? Fury was was over 400 pounds almost, if not close to, you know, alcoholic, cocaine sniffing. Yeah. You know, all of the things that, that would kill a man eventually, he pulled him out of that to give him the opportunity. Yeah, it took the beating of his life to do it, but he helped him. Though, yeah. But that, but you can see that there's a certain level of respect between the two. Oh, yeah, they went three, three fights together, yeah. Three fights together. And even Josh, and, and Fury said it himself, like, outside of myself, the, the best guy would be him. I'd just give him the title. Like, here you go. <laughs> like I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. So, hopefully he wins the next fight and we get to see him on, I mean, event level again, Wilder, so... It's fun 100%, to watch. 100%. Hey, um, last week we started a segment called This Week or This Day in Boxing History. So what's the date today? It is August, August 18, 2022. So this happened August 18, 1958, 64 years ago. On this day, Floyd Patterson beat Roy Harris to win the belt in the 13th round in Wrigley Field. However, the reason why I bring this up, when I say Wrigley Field, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? The Chicago Cubs? Exactly. This happened in the Wrigley Field in Los Angeles. Oh. Yeah, 21,000 people, $10, $30 a ticket, $2 for parking. Uh, the gate was $200,000. Floyd Patterson made $100,000. Roy Harris, sorry, sorry, Floyd Patterson made $200,000. Roy Harris made $100,000. That's a lot of money in 1958. Well, let's think about it. The gate was $200,000, right? That's right. So basically, he basically won the gate. Where did they get the other 100000 Because there was no pay-per-views and shit then. I don't know. I guess off the beer sales, parking. Wow. Yeah, when I when I was checking up on that, Wrigley Field, you know, was, I didn't even know that. There's one in Los Angeles just called Wrigley Field. That was, the last heavyweight, that was the last heavyweight title fight in Los Angeles until 2003, until Lennox Lewis fought Vitaly Klitschko, Vladimir's older brother. That was the first heavy. So they went like 45 years without a title fight, heavyweight in Los Angeles. That's crazy, man. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know what Wrigley Field is now, or is it gone? It's gone. It's gone, eh? Yeah. What what replaced it? I don't, I'm anything? not sure what replaced it. I'm going to tore it down or like what they did, but yeah, 21,000 people, Wrigley Field, Los Angeles, California. 1958, eh? 64 years ago today. Nobody would have thought that from 1958 until 2003, you wouldn't see one heavyweight title fight in Los Angeles until the Klitschko fought. Lennox Lewis, about forty-five year layoff, a long time. That is a long way off. That's that's uh, wow, man! You you just dropped some knowledge, brother. Yeah. So that's uh, sixty-four years ago today. Floyd Patterson beat Roy Harris, round thirteen, heavyweight title. Nice, man. Very nice. Um, I think that's it for today. Yeah, we killed it. It was a good one. We we, we kind of covered everything that we needed to cover here. Guys, we're we're just getting started with the summer, the end of summer of boxing. I think boxing took a day off, a little vacation, the same time we did, and uh, you know, because I think everything was solid from January to probably mid-April, and then from mid-April till now, 
Here we go, man. Uh, I think Garcia, again, Garcia. So yeah, we got the ladies coming out in September. Uh, that's going to be a crazy card as well. Um, we got course, Triple G. We got, we got Triple G and Canelo. Man. That is going to be an interesting fight. I cannot wait to talk about that. I mean, what are Lomachenko's the chances? fighting in October. Lomo's coming back as well. So I mean, one of the Charlos is Charlos fighting. Uh, he's defending his all four titles against the Australian Tim. Zoom. I think we got Andy Ruiz versus Luis Ortiz too somewhere. We got there. yeah, we got that in there somewhere as well, tucked in until one of them decides to pull out. Um, what else do we got? The Charlo fight I already talked about, and I maybe guess Spence everyone, and Crawford possibly. Maybe Spence and Crawford. I think everyone's just waiting for that one to drop. I don't know what the issues are. Uh, I think Bud is kind of you know really he's not connected to any network, so I mean I don't see what the delay is here. It's all about money, 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 man. And uh, like we talked about, Deontay's coming back as well. So I mean. You know what, man? This this the end of summer, fall, and winter are looking really hot, man. Maybe loaded. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, man. All right, Chance. Thank you, brother. Thank Good you. One. Thank you. And uh, we will talk soon. Um, I'm Bobby Sampson. And in the words of the great ACDC, those who download, like, and subscribe to the podcast, we salute you. Yes, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show. Please like and subscribe. Uh, join us on this journey of awesomeness as we continue. Uh, we'll be back, man. We'll be back uh, next week, if not over the weekend. You might hear from us to talk about this fight. Let's see how it plays out, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. But until then, guys, enjoy the weather. Enjoy the weekend. It's coming upon us very fast. One day from Friday. Sit back, relax, enjoy the weekend, enjoy the fights. Uh, UFC 278 this weekend, too. Usman and... 278, uh, yeah. Yeah, Usman and... um, Edwards? Edwards, part two, man. This guy's running laps in the whole division. I think we should talk a little about UFC too soon, man. Yeah, we can drop in some of those a little bit. Of the box, yeah, you know? no, definitely. I think we should. Uh, UFC, like you said, I mean, they are putting on the better fights. Every card is pretty much good. Um, I would love to talk about UFC. Um, something to think about, eh? Guys, yep, let us sure. know what you think. You want to hear us talk about the UFC a little bit and cover that a bit more? I mean, we do watch it quite a bit ourselves. We just don't talk about it as much as everything else. But uh, if you guys want to hear about it, let us know. On that note, Bobby Sampson, Chance Michaels, everyone, in the words of Ed Whalen, in the meantime and in between time, that's it for Sam and Chance. Adios, muchachos. Have a good weekend.